0: Well, welcome aboard. This is comparing apples to oranges, a podcast where we take two things that don't belong in the same genre that are in the same category and using a special set of criteria decide which one's better. I'm Mike, and today with me is
1: Megan. Hello,
0: welcome. This is I'm very excited for you to join me on the internet to make a podcast today.
1: I am very happy and ready to be enjoyed by you and by the listeners
0: fantastic uh so megan is an avid podcast listener um she's one of the people that i will have a conversation with about podcasts and like i I distinctly remember one time uh i think I, i saw it was like a snapchat story and i'm like hey are you listening to the podcast about richard uh oh man what finding richard what's his name the little guy with the fro um, who was the?
1: Oh, the Richard Simmons one. Yeah. How do I forget his last name?
0: But so like I heard that oh, no. and I'm like, oh wow, uh, I didn't know anybody else listened to that besides me. So, and it's <laughs> this is not the time to recommend searching for Richard Simmons, but you should check it out. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> not you personally because yeah. you've that's what this story was about. But maybe the listener, if you're, you know, yeah. if you're not getting what you want out of this podcast, I'm pretty sure that one will do it for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking for actual... Like, actually, it was a very great podcast. A lot of intrigue, a lot of mystery. I learned a lot about an icon. So, yeah. yeah
0: good, good, good storytelling. Yeah. But um, Megan uh, has good ideas about media. And I'm like, hey, let's get her on here. And it was always uh, difficult to do before because I'm like, oh, there's people in St. Louis I can do this with. And I should probably see humans. And now that we're all, uh, you know, Kurt. Back in our holes like those trapdoor spiders, um, I'm like, hey, we have the power of the internet, so let's let's get this thing going.
1: Exactly.
0: So um, today uh, is our category is books that have been turned into movies, and then we watched the movies. Now you also read both of the books as well, right?
1: Absolutely. I, as we'll discuss, I am a big proponent of always reading the book first if you can and if you know that the movie was actually based on a book
0: i am definitely in that camp there was one time i think it was with lord of the rings i saw the first lord of the rings movie and then i'm like oh well i can it's only three books i can knock those out and uh it was one of the first times i like you know as a kid you you know you like whatever's on tv this is like i think the first time i started to i wanted to belong to a group of people that liked something like because i didn't i wasn't a huge star wars fan and mm-hmm. i don't think liking you know the cartoon of the ghostbusters counts as like a, <laughs> as a fandom even though i did watch ghostbusters extreme uh which i guess was like the continuation of that but oh my God that doesn't count either and so but like i you know after i read the books i'm like oh i'm so invested and before we get too far ahead like i think they did an amazing job of adapting that and it Hmm. so much of that is because like the director was a big fan of the original works Mm -hmm. and yeah what do you what do you look what do you look for now i know we've got our um our criteria we're gonna get to but when someone says, "Oh, they're adapting this book into a movie." Are you like, mm. "Oh, I got to see it?" Or when you're like, mm. "Oh, I want to see this movie," and you find out that it's made from a book, do you go and find the book first? What what do you what do you do?
1: Yeah, so I think it I think it honestly depends on a couple of different factors. Have I like have I read the book before? Do I do I know the story? Am I like deeply invested in the characters and the storyline? And is it going to like literally ruin my life if the the, the movie sucks compared right. to the book? Um, so I guess it depends on how much I actually liked the book, or how much I I feel like maybe I was going to read the book and I just haven't gotten around to it, and, and that can be the the you know the impetus for me to go ahead and read the book before the movie comes out. So a couple of different things.
0: How much of it is dependent on, like, name recognition? So, like, if you're like, oh, this is a mm-hmm. book I like, and uh, Zack Snyder's going to direct it, or Michael Bay's going to direct it, or on the other hand, like, Sofia is going to direct it, or, you know, <laughs> do you look into... Yeah, like... Go ahead.
1: Uh, no, I was going to say, like, yeah, if Michael Bay directed Little Women, I would want to watch that. Yeah. Right? Like, all all of
0: the Little Women, like, like they get out of the icy lake and do that really cool, like, stand-up thing where the sun's yes. catching them. And it, like, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be awesome. I,
1: that, that would be an adaptation. <laughs> where I'm like, uh, maybe. Let's see what Meg and Beth are up to. I don't know. <laughs> Why do they but... both have
0: Uzis? <laughs>
1: Why don't they? (laughs) Um, No, but I, I don't know if it's not a director standpoint. I would say it's more of an actor standpoint, because for me, the description of the character is so rich in the book. And I've built up an idea of the characteristics, their mannerisms, how you know like you do your your imagination takes over so for me if it's a name recognized like really recognizable actor's name and this is this is terrible this is literally the only example i can think of off the top of my head (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing um but you know the twilight saga okay Uh, i read I read one book of it. Uh-huh. Didn't like it. Stopped reading it.
0: I think it's because you when... re- you started with Breaking Dawn. I keep telling you you got to start at the beginning, of the thr- mm. of the trilogy.
1: Mm <laughs> hmm. Damn it! I've messed <laughs> up my whole life. No, but then they, when when it was announced that Robert Pattinson was playing Edward, I was like, huh?
2: What?
1: <laughs> that makes no sense to me. So I yeah I think there's. The the name recognition thing from an actor standpoint to me is more important than the director. I guess again, unless it's Michael Bay directing (laughs) Little Women, (laughs) which I
0: I I did see the new Little Women and it was good. But now I'm like, what if Laura Dern is riding a motorcycle? Like, what if what's Mamie? What kind of crazy stuff can she get up to? You know, with Optimus Prime? I'm just assuming that he's (laughs) gonna make it like a you know, continuous Bay universe. So like,
1: I guess, yeah, well, I'm sure Florence Pooh would be up for it, right? Cause she was in, she was in some Marvel or DC comics movie. I don't remember which one.
0: Was she? I don't know.
1: I don't know either. I may have made that up. It's fine.
0: I'll, I'll look into it. But so I, uh, recently, Listened to a book on tape of The Great Gatsby because I had never read it before. It was one of those things where it's like it's a classic and you're supposed mm-hmm. to read it in high school, and I which just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, oh, this is a really good story, and I was worried that it was going to be like too pretentious, but it turned out to be really interesting, and I, you know, I thought it was awesome. And then uh, I was very excited because uh, Leo is the lead. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I couldn't get in 15 minutes because Baz Luhrmann is insane. Like it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. it, was the, it was obvious that he knew the material because, you know, little details with like the shaving lather on the one guy's neck and like almost, it's the same thing he did with like Romeo plus Juliet where it's the, mm-hmm. the he just cuts and pastes the dialogue but it is it was i couldn't do it it was impossible to watch and
1: why is that is he do you think he's just that much of a cinematic genius or do you think he's just high on god knows what
0: i i think that he is providing something that a lot of directors are scared to do but he doesn't do it with like he he sort of like writes without an editor
1: It's like not consistent, right? From, from production to production. I mean, it's consistent in that it's crazy, but it's like hit or miss in that it's going to be incredible or psychotic.
0: It's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, when someone's acting on stage, they're sort of supposed to act for the, you know, the people in the, the, you know, the balcony, but like you don't need to do that when it's a movie and it almost seems as if the actors don't understand what acting is it's sort of like they're just reading loudly and there's definitely a time and place for that but like the great gatsby is definitely about subtlety and like you know sometimes nuance and like it's it's making a comment it's not screaming and i think that was my yeah, issue but, with it
1: yeah but mike that's not that's not the world we live in today. If someone's not screaming at your face and just shoving their rhetoric or their opinion literally down your throat and into your eyeballs, yeah, what's the point?
0: That's fair. So you're saying yeah. Baz Lerman is the director. Everyone else should figure it out. <laughs> they should no, b- bow no at, I
1: am not saying that. Bow
0: at the altar of Mr. Lerman.
1: I mean, sure. It, it, that's fine we'll go with
0: that now i i have i i guess there's some things about like book to movie that sort of i would rather watch the movie first Mm. um so with like so
2: why
0: stanley kubrick every movie he's he directed was a book originally and um I don't think, like, you, I, I would necessarily have to watch or have to read the book before to enjoy it. Um, and he's also a director, we'll, we'll get into this uh, later, but, like, he is definitely leans on the side of inspired by or based on, rather than, like, mm-hmm. he, he takes the script from like as a blueprint he just sort of takes ideas from the novel like the most famous one is the shining Mm -hmm. where like uh stephen king saw the shining and he was mad and he's like you did a really bad job with my book and he's like what what are you talking about he's like the the lead character jack he's supposed to be the hero he's like jack's not the lead character the little boy's the lead character and it like it's (laughs) one of those things where stephen king let his ego get in the way because like he was writing as himself and was supposed to be a redemption story at the end but like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that's and you know stanley kubrick's like no we're good we're gonna we're not gonna have the scene with the hornets but you were gonna have some weird stuff happen and
1: we're gonna have a weird old naked lady come out of a, a tub and haunt everyone's dreams for so, the rest of their lives. Just
0: for And, fun fact, that's going to come up in Ready Player One, which is one of the uh, book movies we watched, read. Um, and I think that's, you know, it, uh, another thing with, like, the 2001 A Space Odyssey, like, the book is by Arthur C. Clarke, who's, you know, has just a huge amount of He has a huge uh, bibliography of books that he's written, all sci-fi, and they're all, like, super... He explains a lot. And the whole thing with 2001 A Mm -hmm. Space Odyssey is just that it is a mindfuck. You don't know what's happening, (laughs) why it's happening, and you're not sure if you like that it's happening. (laughs) Like, allegedly, he intentionally made it boring because he was trying to impress upon the audience how, in the future like space, which is supposed to be this awesome thing that, you know, is full of wonders Mm -hmm. is just passe for everybody. And then it cuts to like, then it cuts to a literal like trip where this guy is traveling through space and time. And you're like, I can't follow any of this. And then there's a glowing (laughs) baby and then it's credits like in the book. The monkeys have names, and that's like the first like tenth of the book, and it's all very laid out for you, and it's you're you understand everything so that's like, happening.
1: So it's like Genesis in the Bible, like that's literally all names, right? Like that's um I don't know I haven't read two thousand one of Space Odyssey, so it's it's sort
0: I, of like the it's sort of like the Bible, but there's a lot less like marrying of your like sister slash cousins. So you
1: are you, you sure? Because primates. Well monkeys are primates, yeah. Yeah, but
0: they yeah. they're just in like open relationships. None of them get married.
1: Mm, you mm, might be thinking
0: of the so sequel very futuristic twenty ten, the year we make contact, which oh. is a book and is a movie, but I have not read or seen that. So I think that like in certain circumstances also like the, I'm gonna get in my soap pop but soap box real quick a lot of people are like oh do it the problem with movies today is there's nothing original like everything's a remake or a sequel or a comic book and i'm like so like every shakespeare play except for like a handful were remakes of you know legends or history and then every Mm -hmm. old movie (laughs) is a play or a book like every western every film noir most of the romantic comedies right. like this is people have been doing this for a long time now granted they did not but have I
2: you,
0: go ahead I don't know. let's no, see yeah, let's I was, see I what say, you say
1: you, no i was going to say i think you make a, you made a good point earlier when you were like are you making a film based on a book or are you using the book as an inspiration in yeah. a loose blueprint to make your film? I think that's the difference in when, when people say or have, or of the opinion that there's nothing original anymore and blah, blah, blah. People are just remaking X, Y, and Z and, you know, making films based on books and all this stuff. It's like, how do we, how do you please anyone based on your opinion of, an interpretation of a prior work or a prior story yeah so i think that's a that's an important point that you that you brought up
0: and you know just you, you bring up like the x-men which you obviously were hinting at uh they they definitely need to stop making x-men movies i think like or and spider-man yeah, movies
1: of... <laughs> oh my god Can't... how many spider how many spider-men how many spider people? I think it's spy- are there I now? think
0: it's spiders man. I think it's like you know attorney ter- oh, like attorneys man At general sack. yeah, exactly Yeah,
1: Cole's the sac it's not cul- Sacks, people. de it's it's, the sack. yeah,
0: it's ends of bag, not ends of bags. that's nonsense.
1: <laughs> what a bunch of plebes uh, but 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 yes, there are I would agree. On, you know the council of should we make another spider-man batman etc cetera, etc cetera. maybe not because isn't there a new batman movie coming out with
0: robert pattinson what's his face
1: <laughs> uh full circle full circle
0: the vampire oh, becomes the, the bat yeah
1: god makes god, sense can, makes it, sense it, it, honestly it really does now that we're talking about it so i i retract my statement please make this new batman movie with Robert got hit by a garbage truck. Pattinson.
0: So, and I guess like in in uh, speaking of Robert Pattinson, and <laughs> and Spider Man, um, did you see the movie the Lighthouse? I want to get this out of the way. Oh
1: my god, yes. <laughs> oh, Mike, thank you for bringing this movie. Yep, it. <laughs> I think you said earlier something about a mindfuck, and yeah. that movie was absolutely insane. And side side note, I got a little drunk when I was watching it and forgot how <laughs> horrific some of the <laughs> sexual scenes are, and I yeah. went ahead and recommended... Um, the CEO of my company watched that movie and uh, <laughs> he came back to me afterwards and he, I was like "Oh, uh, did you like it and he, and he was like well um,
0: I think I have to talk to HR <laughs> Like,
1: <laughs> yeah I, I think I feel victimized by you and I don't <laughs> feel safe working with you anymore um, but <laughs> No, but really, I yeah that that's a true story, and um he he didn't love it as much as I drunk Megan yeah. on red wine loved it yeah. loved it. But anyway, what's your what's your point about uh um, the, the lighthouse?
0: So that was a movie that I I would consider like it's a new it's a new movie it hadn't been made before. Granted, it is a period piece. However, like at the end they're like oh no this is based on like some. Herman Melville a diary he found or something like what this that doesn't make any sense I was also like flabbergasted that they like greenlit this I'm like did anybody read this it's like black and white with just two white guys on a on an island that go crazy I'm like put your thumb on the pulse guys we got we need more x-men movies like
1: I don't know uh, get, get Robert Pattinson back in that twinkle skin I mean that's yeah. what he is that's it I, yeah
0: I mean I can't think of another movie he's in besides Cosmopolis uh, which I haven't seen but is based that, on a book
1: didn't watch that isn't there something with Reese Witherspoon and an elephant
0: Uh, Water for My Elephants
1: yeah he's in that right
0: that's based on a book
1: uh, jeez I'm you oh, know, frantically googling he, him
0: he's in the new David not David Tennant <laughs> that's the wrong one He he's in the movie Tennant by uh, Christopher Nolan which I haven't seen
1: mm, no I don't think I've seen that either I, again like Robert Pattinson is not a name that I'm like r- rushing out of my house to spend $14 on a movie ticket yeah. back in the good old days <laughs> to to watch so oh yeah he was in harry potter that's right he's uh, cedric diggory
0: oh man
1: i know i'm really... sorry
0: spoilers but i guess i'm glad he dies you know like <laughs> if a, if any diggory had to die i'm glad it was robert
1: mm-hmm. welcome to our podcast where we <laughs> literally shit on robert pattinson for a full hour
0: it's because he he's you know He's been elevated to a thing. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, if they just let him be like a douchey actor, I don't think anybody would have a problem with it. But they're like, no, man, he's so method. You're like, that's not the word. You're saying the (laughs) word wrong.
1: I want to watch him have sex with a mermaid on a rock.
0: As a vampire. (laughs) Or. Oh,
1: my God. Or as
0: Batman. With a
1: utility belt. Ooh. Yes, the utility belt. Harpoon thing. (laughs) Mermaid. Yeah. It all makes sense now.
0: I mean, that's a movie I would watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll call Michael Bay.
0: Here's some, yeah, here's some original content, everybody. <laughs> um, so I think this is a perfect know. time to transition into talking about Ready Player One, the movie, um, because it has Ty Sheridan, who is in, in the X Men movies as Cyclops, but. Um, mm-hmm. I first saw him as my buddy uh, Bob and I watched the movie Joe with Nicolas Cage in it, and that is a movie that nobody asked to be made, and it was so painfully, uncomfortably real, like they had multiple like homeless people in the movie, and it's insane. But he, Ty Sheridan, the lead character of Ready Player One, uh, Wade Watts, is that same he's the like the the young teenage kid in that movie and he did such an amazing job um and now he's like in all sorts of nonsense but i guess that's kind of what you want to do Mm -hmm. you want to get so rich that you just like do you know three or four hundred million dollar movies then you just tap out um
1: yeah why not
0: i think that's what the girl who was in matilda did and, um,
1: oh, you mean the you mean the you mean the girl from Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah.
0: So this is when she got a little older and her lisp was slightly less pronounced. Um, but then mm. she but she just like tapped out after that. I think she's like I don't know if she's a playwright or something like that. But I you know it's one of those like where are they now? I'm like oh Listicle got me. I really need to know where. Mm. My-. And then she was I don't think she was in that one movie with the seal. That wasn't her, right?
1: Yeah. No, yeah, that that seems right. I I feel like I remember seeing her with a seal once.
0: And Whoopi gold Very
1: weird. Real. <laughs> sounds really weird. Weird. Her name is Mara Wilson. Yeah, nailed okay. it. You got it. Nailed it. Um, yeah, I can't. I was gonna say something about her. No, I was I was gonna make a very terrible joke about if we don't know where you know an actress is, she probably has an OnlyFans account now. And is, you know, <laughs> a lot of people know exactly
0: that. where she is. <laughs> like they're yeah. checking in on uh, her.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I've I've definitely gone down that path before with um a, a, another person who's been on your podcast, uh, Meg. When oh, yeah. we were we were watching I don't know Clarissa explains it all, and mm-hmm. we we're like. You know what? What happened to that guy Max? And we we spent about mm, 2 hours deep diving into this complete stranger's <laughs> life and now we know everything about him. So
0: And you paid $25 a month to be on his site and that's fine. Like he that's needs so to eat. Fine. He needs his to
1: music, eat. His music his music is honestly life-changing.
0: <laughs> Changed his life. I can tell you that right now.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, let's get into Ready Player 1. How much do you want to talk about it. do you want to give away the ending not yeah, not, that imme- was gonna not immediately
1: mike my... yeah like are we are we doing like spoiler alert nerds if you haven't read the book or watched the movie get off this podcast right now just pause Stop it
0: listening. we'll be here we'll be here just
1: pause it pause it and read actually ready player one the book was a very quick read in my opinion um the movie i don't know we'll, we'll talk about it but yeah, I don't know. Are we doing spoiler yeah. alerts? Yeah, is, is I think happening? so. Okay.
0: Just just because, like, we have to talk about Inferno. Did you watch the movie? Sorry, I don't want to.
1: I, get... uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I uh, procrastinated just a little bit, and I literally finished the movie twenty minutes before this podcast. Ooh. So
0: we're gonna get good job, Megan. We're only gonna get the hottest takes. That's fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. do you think that Ready Player One um did you like the pop culture references in the book more or the movie more? Because the it is basically a fan service like utility. It is a delivery service for like you to nostalgia. Yeah. And also just like for you to get excited and nerdy about stuff that you know, but they are so different in mm-hmm. like who they are who it's written for which i thought was kind of confusing um because the book is so obviously a young adult book because it follows like the hunger games tropes where it's like
2: mm-hmm.
0: one character is like the most uh, important underdog. person but, like, they yeah. come from, you know, humble origins, and there's a slight dystopia. This one's a little bit slighter mm-hmm. in the movie than the book, but I still think, like, Katniss was dealing with the most uh, dystopia of of the futures um, because she didn't have video games. And it's like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> or food, I That's guess. Rough. That's kind of nice. <laughs> it seemed I l- mean,
1: she could hunt, though, so it's fine.
0: It seems like they had Instant Cart in... In Ready Player One, the book, at least, right?
1: I mean, probably, but he Wade lived in the stack, so do you think a delivery service is going to I don't know, climb up or hover pack up yeah. to whatever stack you live in? That's probably a good point.
0: Not. I think once he moves to that apartment, um mm-hmm. he if I Deluxe
1: think... apartment in the sky, right, right, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, him and the Jeffersons. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that part. And so I think I think uh, so personally. I am an enormous fan of the Dead Man's Party song by Oingo oh Bongo yes, which it's which so good. Which it is, yeah. It's I think in a lot of ways it's one of the most eighty songs there is. Which is one of the reasons I like it, but it's not the only reason I like it. And I was very excited for that to be, like, in the first couple of pages. However, the movie was like, hey, what about Van Halen? And I'm like, I don't know how to respond to that. Like, I don't think anyone is a fan of Van Halen that's reading a book. I know that's a hot take, (laughs) but... I'm sticking to it.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, I I think you've touched on some very uh very important digressions between the types of people that existed, not the types of people that existed in the 80s, because right. they don't exist anymore.
0: Not anymore. But you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're they're all gone. Yeah. I mean whatever. But we're all millennials I mean. now. <laughs> <laughs> gross. Uh, no offense. No offense to anyone. I'm just kidding. I'm an elder millennial, I think is what what, what we're called. I don't know.
0: That's what Eliza um, Schlesinger has decided, so she seems yes. She seems up to it.
1: She has her finger on the pulse. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, okay, so, multifaceted thing to talk about here. Dead Man's Party, oingo boingo. Amazing. Um, my Significant Other, like, the second he started Reading this or listening to this, I don't remember. He was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, this is gonna be amazing! I love that song."
0: Right, because it's That's a it's a deep it's a deep cut. Like
1: it's a, it's a deep cut, and not everybody who is entrenched in that time right. pop culture references get it. But the ones who are, and the ones who appreciate the level of detail and nerdery that went into writing Ready Player One would appreciate that. Yeah, and probably wouldn't appreciate Van Halen's sparkly, you know, yeah. hair references and music in the movie, but it kind of makes sense because movies are typically made for, you know, the smash, the broader audience and, yeah. and and getting it out there. So while while those of us who appreciated the book detail probably a little bit more even though at times it was a little I had to slog through some of the references. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think you're right in that if you liked the references in the book that much that you were excited to read some of the lesser known pop culture references, then you probably wouldn't appreciate some of the more overt, uh, references in the movie, or maybe not overt references, but, um, no yeah i would say overt references because some of the things in the movie that were visually represented are quick yes and 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 if you don't have the the framework to understand some of the subtleties that you're seeing in the movie then it's not as impactful
0: right i yeah i completely agree with that and um we can save some more of the like comparisons for when we get to the criteria so do you want to give like a broad uh like a description of the plot
1: sure i would absolutely love to so the plot of ready player one is where some point in the future i can't exactly remember when but like you said earlier it's slightly dystopian in that um things have fallen there's there's a uh, far greater split within um, um, socioeconomics, and there's the people who have and the, and the have-nots, right, essentially. Uh, the main character, Wade, is a have-not. Um, he had a rough up upbringing. He's supposedly slightly um, heavyset and kind of down on his luck and just kind of slogging through. But his saving grace is what... Um, the the whole idea behind um, what he's trying to accomplish um, oh my gosh it just completely gave me what's wrong with me what's the what's the place called Oasis it, it's, it's, it's,
0: it's, 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 the
1: oasis oh my gosh the, the oasis
0: ontological <coughs> an, anthropomorph.
1: I don't remember
0: anthropocentric
1: anthropomorphic yeah uh,
0: sensory I'm not, I'm not, individual sensory again i think it's just like oasis Oasis makes sense and then they're like uh what's an o word Uh, ontological no one will look that up we're good next yeah it's
1: fine yeah you just kind of gloss over it because you're like okay it's that makes sense immersive virtual experience right yeah so he he his saving grace is he's become obsessed with uh james halliday's work uh in the oasis where you you have to find these easter eggs and, and kind of figure out what Halliday was trying to do with the Oasis, and if you do, and if you are obsessed with everything that Halliday was obsessed with on such a level that you will figure out all of the things, all of these Easter eggs, all of the keys, all of the codes, blah blah blah, and you'll essentially be able to take over the Oasis and decide the fate of humankind and the Oasis itself, essentially.
0: Yeah, you're. it's, someone described it as like a uh, 22nd century willy wonka and I'm like that makes sense you know where it's like <laughs> you have to find the golden ticket uh but and then prove yourself through like uh acts that or trials that the or, the originator set up so
1: right exactly
0: Alright, that's great that's a really good way to start us off and then let's switch to um Dan Brown's Inferno. Uh so the book is a uh one of the series. So this is kind of confusing. I had to like check this out. Mm -hmm. Um there are five novels. Uh it starts with Angels and Demons, then it's the Da Vinci Mm -hmm. Code, The Lost Symbol, Mm -hmm. Inferno, and then Origin. And mm-hmm. then Ron Howard has adapted three of the movies into or three of the novels into movies but his order was The Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons and Inferno. Right. So, I don't this is the only one of Dan Brown books I've read. And it's the only movie oh, really? and it's the only movie with Tom Hanks I've ever seen. That's not true. <laughs> it's like I, that, that would be I impossible.
1: Like, I was like wait a second. <laughs> Have, record scratch
0: like have Why you are
1: we doing this podcast?
0: have you seen a movie with Tom Hanks I don't know well have you seen a movie from 1982 to today yeah then you've probably seen a movie with Tom Hanks in it uh, so uh, his
1: new movie by the way on Apple TV is quite good
0: is he Captain Kid know. is that right is he a pirate did I misunderstand no. okay then I did not see <laughs> the full trailer then
1: Okay, it's a, it's a World War Two thriller. It's called Greyhound. Um, okay. And it's,
0: yeah, I did not yeah. see that full it's trailer, like then.
1: A of it's good. Anyway, yes.
0: So... Right,
1: Mike, did I lose you?
0: Oh, I hit the wrong button. Okay. I accidentally paused <clears throat> it on my... Oh, I... and by pause, of course I mean mute. So... <laughs> You know how words work. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. This is a story all about how Tom Hanks wakes up. Not Tom Hanks. Um, Robert Langdon. <laughs> who mm-hmm. they keep mentioning that he has a. Uh, like a. They don't say. memory? Yeah, they don't say photographic memory.
1: Psydetic. Um, uh huh.
0: Which means is different than photographic in that it's he remembers like things in order well or he just remembers everything
1: um, i think it's oh god i i actually tried to look this up and remember like remember it so i didn't sound like a freaking idiot well i mean we I, just, I just
0: i just told you there i don't you know what it, i don't i just told you i don't know what it means so <laughs> we're both being vulnerable i think that's important
1: <laughs> it actually really is you know what that's uh, that's sidebar that's a really important thing for 2020 and just uh, in general but I think it's more that eidetic memory is – it's not like it's photographic in that you can recreate the thing that you see in your mind. It's that it's like an image that's so, like, vivid or profound or something that it makes an impact on on your memory in order for you to bring it back up again and, like, make the connections between all of your memories. Not that I've seen – i saw this bike yesterday and now i can forever recall this bike okay that makes sense and things and how it how it um gets i guess categorized in your brain
0: yeah so
1: which is why he's so good at his his job
0: yeah okay that makes sense and that like makes sense with like how certain things in the book are described too because like he'll see something and it'll jog his memory or like it'll remind him of an image and that image will help him solve the mystery because he's like stuck with a riddle. So anyway, okay. So he, uh, our main character, Robert Langdon is a professor at Harvard, um, in symbology and like ancient (laughs) texts, something like that. Um, he wakes up in a hospital and he has amnesia of the last couple days. Mm -hmm. And he's like, how can this be? I have a great, memory um some would describe it as photographic and but not me and Mm -hmm. and he wakes up in the hospital and he has a gunshot and then uh somebody to the head like a bullet grazed his brain he thinks and then um somebody comes into the hospital and they try to kill him and then they escape and he finds out he's in florence not boston Mm -hmm. and you're like oh okay that's uh, that's interesting let's see what happens and then The premise is that there is a virus uh biological um weapon that is going to be released by an eccentric uh genius slash uh -hmm. very rich man um who has since uh committed suicide by the like in media race sort of thing he's already uh but he left Mm -hmm. a video describing that um you know this virus inferno is going to change everything and it's up to Robert Langdon even though he's lost his memory he has to help the um like solve this mystery this puzzle that this guy left behind so that he can stop the uh this terrible virus from ex- you know wiping out a certain a plague. Perc- Yeah, a certain percentage of the world. And so you're like, well, that's, hmm, that's kind of like the Riddler and Batman. That's, like, nonsense. Why would someone do that? And, uh, right. the movie plays it out straight, and then the book plays it out in a way that like, legitimizes why there is a puzzle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the movie's just like, hey, it's Tom Hanks. We've got, you know, beautiful vistas. We've got, uh, mm-hmm. Ifrin Khan. We've got uh, Felicity Jones, and we've got uh, Omar Sy. We, you know, we've got our bases covered. Uh, for like, mm-hmm. we're going to try to, you know, make this film make money internationally, and it did. Right. Holy moly! Yeah. Um, they're like, we we've got them all. We've got we've got you know, Indian people. We've got African people with French accents. We got Felicity Jones, yeah. like, and it worked. Like they. They made two hundred and twenty million dollars on a budget of seventy five million. Like granted, they've got drones. Both the movie had drones. You notice that? The big drone Mm -hmm. big drone thing. I think this is like so the movie was made in twenty fifteen. I think that's when drones were big. I mean they're big they're big now, but like I don't want to see a drone. I'm like, I get it.
1: Yeah i saw a lot of selfie sticks in the movie too and i was like oh man selfie sticks yeah
0: because it was 2015
1: this makes sense
0: everyone was a tourist because he only went to like giant places full of art so it was crowded with a bunch of like pasty white people who are like oh yeah art take a picture of art with my selfie stick yeah
1: no, but I have to be in the picture with the art. The art is not enough. Now, I
0: need to be in it. Yeah, the picture is the art. The picture of the art is art. Um, mm. So, uh, I guess things we have to mention before we move on. There's a bunch of side characters in both the movies and the books of both of these things. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And there's sort of set pieces to move the story along and sort of like help the protagonists and both. Cause like these are Robert, this is like the Robert Langdon stories. It's sort of like a, you know, right. Hercule Perot mystery. Like it, we're here for him just like we're here for Tom yeah, Hanks absolutely. and we're here for Ty Sheridan. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I can't. So you said his name earlier and I kept thinking that guy's name was Ansel Elgort for some reason. And I was like, Oh "Oh, man, I'm wrong,
0: man. So I think what, so I think Ty would get a little mad because he's been like, he's been hitting the gym a little bit more, you know, and Uh, Ansel's just like, well, I mean, now he's been canceled because he's a gross boy, but before he was just a a little thin guy (laughs) who was in um, the movie baby driver, which was pretty good, but,
1: yeah i didn't
0: see it um i mean like it's i like car chase scenes and it was done with like the most practical like uh least special effects like car movie for the last you know 20 years or whatever so i'm like oh that's cool but you can miss it it's it's not it's not gonna change you if you watch it or don't watch it
1: probably probably not probably
0: not based on a book though right uh no it's actually based on like um the crazy world of richard Scarry. so <laughs> that's not true
1: no it's not that's it. that's <laughs> not like, true oh my gosh i love i love richard scary <laughs> yeah no exactly
0: it's just like when someone's well, like uh oh, we're gonna remake the movie bewitched with will ferrell i'm like i don't think you should do that <laughs> i don't know why you would do that they're like no it's okay we got nicole kidman you're like oh okay that makes so much sense. I
1: thought, uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's, it's it's fine. That's yeah. I, I feel yeah. Um, okay, yeah, cool, yeah. I, I agree with you. We're here. We're here for we're here for Tom Hanks. We're here for these Dan Brown novels because we're no we know we're gonna be on this like mysterious riddle solving crime fighting thrill ride. It's fast paced. There's usually beautiful people, beautiful art. And it, it, it's going to be satisfying, right? We're, we're going to solve something and we're going to wrap it up.
0: I think, but like, doesn't, so that's the bill of goods that the movie trailer sells. And that's the bill of goods that the book uh, blurb on the back sells. Do you think that it delivered in the book? The movie a hundred percent delivered like shot for, like there was not a single thing that the book, uh, it could have played so many like it could have played it differently but it's just like no we're not going to deceive our audience that would be terrible but I thought the book really did a lot of like there was a a second act or maybe a fourth act change because there was a couple acts more than I expected where I like I did not see Mm. like the whole transhumanist thing that came a little late in the game for me um Um,
1: I don't know I I will say I got to, I don't remember what page of the book. I'm like, all right, let's wrap this up. Like, uh, are we done yet? Like, what are we doing? Where, where are we going with this? I, I, it, it felt a little, it a did, little drawn out. It did no
0: seem like there was so much recapping of the book that I kind of felt like he had put it down and he had to like remind himself what just happened. <laughs>
1: sure yeah okay yeah. i could i guess i could see that a little bit but i will tell you <laughs> there was one part in the book that i was like oh dan brown you son of a bitch you got me yeah and it, it was the whole it was the whole thing about how he framed up the the train ride uh to i don't remember where they were going already i, I read this book like a week <laughs> ago and i already have forgotten they went a lot uh, of places you know they're. They really did. They went a lot of places. They saw a lot of faces. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, they're in the train, and someone is sharing a memory. And you think it's it's the guy with yeah. the skin disease yes. who you think yep. has the plague or whatever right. that is going to be spread. And he's sharing all these memories, and you're like, oh, Zobris was a homosexual right. man with this guy. And right. blah Blah. Plot. Blah. Blah plot twist yes scratch said that before saying it again yeah turns out it was sienna because she's code name s v 2080 or whatever it
0: was yes that was a real that was a severe twist and i'm like okay because like and it didn't feel forced um some of the stuff in the movie felt a little bit more forced i think that's just like the what you, you have to cut down on, like, internal dialogue so much, or it, like, right. becomes just exposition dump when you transition from mm-hmm. book to movie. But, um, yeah, I thought that was a good one. Um, I think I was more. So, which one? now nah, we'll get to that later. About the, okay. like, the <laughs> set, the, how satisfactory the ending was in either. But, like, we'll get to that in a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, yeah. I do think that uh it was <laughs> the movie was so like Tom it the movie did a clunky job of describing like someone intelligent like mm-hmm. hyper intelligent solving a puzzle where it's just like tom hanks is like oh geez i should have guessed it was dante's death mask oh boy i'm like <laughs> what, what are you talking about like And this is no, this is nothing on Tom Hanks. I'm putting it all on Ron Howard. Ron Howard's just like, okay, okay, this is how you're going to act. You're going to, you're going to act like you just figured out I was the death mask. Go. He's like, Like, it's,
1: yeah, no, it's, I found that
0: very frustrating
1: for Ron Howard. (laughs) Well, no, I I did too. I, I felt like in the movie, Robert Langdon's character was just like a, and he's not a bumbling oaf because Correct. he's very intelligent as yeah. a character. But the whole you know mind loss thing and him working through it, I it did not play well on on the movie for me. It 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 did feel really like, uh, yeah. Like to your point, Ron Howard, Opie, what what are you doing? Just yeah. be like, gorsh uh, what?
0: Death
1: <laughs> masks? Cool.
0: What yeah, do you mean I, I, I stole it? Oh shucks. <laughs>
1: Who's Marta? I don't know. Yeah. What are you doing here? You're pregnant? Cool.
0: <laughs> Is Not it anyway. mine? You're like, okay. That doesn't <laughs> make that doesn't make any sense. And in a similar way, I think I was frustrated with how the puzzles in um, Ready Player One weren't easy to solve. They were just like solved. Like the plot just had to move forward. And I think mm. that even though both of these movies were PG-13, they were so obviously made for different crowds. Like the the, well, yeah. the simplicity with what with which like Wade solves any of the puzzles in like is just comical. And it not not saying that like oh they left a lot of stuff out of the book. He's just like oh what if he says what if we go backwards really fast like. What in the hell are you <laughs> yeah. talking about? That's not a oh, clue no. or an Easter egg. It's just nonsense. And yeah, then he's like... It's
1: just you being like, I have a cool car. It's a DeLorean. What yeah. do you want to do with it?
0: Yeah. We're going to go backwards. <clears throat> hey, do you guys remember King Kong? You don't? Oh, well.
1: <laughs>
0: that's too bad. Oh, I, had,
1: I had such a problem with that opening scene in the movie. I know we're not here to, like, talk about that, but...
0: We're, we will. Just... We'll get to that when we talk <laughs> it... about adaptation. Okay. Um, yeah,
1: but but I I do like I do like the point and the parallel that you're making between both of the movies and the whole riddle solving. And honestly, like weirdly, Mike, I feel like we picked two book to movie adaptations that are number one super timely yeah, in the subject matter in some sure. way, shape, or form, and two books to movies that do have a ton of overlapping. Yeah themes and content so i was i was like really proud of us i don't know like should we pat ourselves on the back or i
0: I would say we should but you picked both of them so i'll pat you on the back so great job
1: okay great job well not not yet just virtually pat me on the back because no i
0: i'm doing it right now
1: look look behind you which way? To the left or to the right?
0: If you look it down in the sand, there's only one set of footprints, and that's because I've been patting oh, you. Oh,
1: God. It's when you carry.
0: I've been patting oh, you God. on the back the whole time. That's right. <laughs> that's...
1: And that's because I carried you in yeah. this podcast. Yeah. With the content. Got it. God, we, this is so great.
0: We just call it tent because we have way too much to do. Okay? We can't call it. <laughs> We've got stuff to do. And speaking of that stuff, we're going to be back in just a minute to talk about the four criteria we decided to use to decide which one of these is a better book-to-movie adaptation. Okay, we're back. And we have our four criteria that we're going to use to decide which one of these books that was turned into a movie is better. We've got a dan brown's inferno dan brown's ron howard's inferno and ready player (laughs) ones uh by ernst klein ernest klein
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and directed by and directed by steven spielberg uh we've got both of them competing today and we've got uh our criteria we have rewatchability slash rereadability i think we're gonna i'm gonna tuck that in there see which one's better um We've Mm -hmm. also, uh, Megan suggested that we talk about, were the, how well were the characters written, um, for the movie? Did they follow the characters that were so, like, clearly well thought out and developed in the book? Like, both of these are pretty, I mean, both of these books are over 300 pages, so you spend some time with these characters, especially the protagonist, um... So how well were they adapted for the screen? Uh, and then, Megan, do you want to talk about storyline?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so you know, same same premise as character ad- adaptation. How how well did the the film adaptation follow the book plot and in, in storyline? Uh, were there <clears throat> excuse me, where there huge departures from the original intent of the author. Uh, do you do we feel as though to your earlier point if it was a complete remake of the book to a movie or more of the loose kind of blueprint via the storyline to the movie
0: and then uh, the last one how good of an adaptation is this as a movie so so right. so obviously there are books that should stay books that would, like, never make it as a movie. And then there's some books that are written... I I think the first Harry Potter... Some people criticize it for being too much, like, written for a movie. But I thought it was... if I I thought the transition from book to movie for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, I thought was incredible. I thought Mm -hmm. it was perfect. Like, pitch perfect. Everything made sense. And you could sort of tell with the sequel that she like with the flying car and all this like goofy Mm -hmm. stuff she was sort of going to that that's how she was going to play it and you know it worked she did a great job and she made millions of dollars and has great fans and she is an insane person now i don't know (laughs) what i I don't i don't know what happened to her but something something terrible is
1: she canceled also along with ansel elgort are they both canceled
0: uh, I think for different reasons, but I'm fine if we if we put them in the same boat. If she's also a baby driver apologist, we're like, sorry, lady, chill out, okay?
1: <laughs> Terrible. Like, Ugh. uh,
0: so I think there are certain um, adaptations that make sense, and mm-hmm. then there are certain ones that, so I'm going to bring back, I haven't seen any of the Hobbit movies, but if you're going to make a trilogy out of one book, but you've already made a trilogy out of three books that doesn't make any sense like
1: yeah yeah and that's 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 valid
0: and i am on the side that i thought the hobbit wasn't as good and that is not necessarily a hot take it's just it's a polarizing book in a lot of ways and i've just been put on one pole and i don't think that it should have been three movies, and I'm gonna—I'm mm-hmm. not coming down hard. I'm just like, eh, you probably didn't. I haven't seen them, and yeah. I've been told that I don't need to, but I—I yeah. I I, I will watch the extended versions of all three f- of the original Lord of the Rings, but I won't watch them all together. So it's not like a 14-hour day, but I right. will—I will like sink, you know, a Saturday into watching the four-hour twin—not twin. Not twin Two
1: towers. (laughs) Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Watch yourself. Careful. Watch yourself. Jesus.
0: Yeah, it's too soon. That's (laughs) on me.
1: What kind of what kind of podcast is this? Uh, So, I'm gonna throw this out there to you. Do it. Um, How do you feel about books that are made into mini series, or uh, not even a mini series, just a series over? One movie. So to your point about how The Hobbit is into a three-part, you know, multi-hour movie right. series versus right. a an eight-episode, you know, thing on Netflix. Okay. I feel like a lot of times. Sorry, this is like a total no.
0: Departure this departure
1: from probably it what is we we're just talking about. It's not. But it's it's not in
0: any way. I think it is. It's very timely too.
1: So the reason I I've been pondering this for a couple of months now, when well, when I'm thinking about books made to movies or vice versa, blah 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 blah. Well, no, there's no movies made into books, is there? Uh, I mean, there's
0: there they're they're called novelizations most of the time, or like something where they'll like,
1: like, fanfic.
0: That, but also like you'll see it mostly with video games where it's like uh Halo yeah, has one or like Resident Evil like they'll take the characters and they'll flush them out in a novel. So it's I haven't seen it yet in the opposite direction but you will see a lot of like the novelization yeah. of the movie Men in Black.
1: Uh, okay, yeah, I guess you're right because the movie Resident Evil based on the video game that's a whole thing, but I, I wasn't sure that there was a book. So yeah, anyway, I, read, sorry.
0: I, I read a couple of the books. They're they're not great, but
1: Well oh. Shock, anyway shock. i am, I am eh, shocked my jaw is on the floor
0: <laughs> anyway
1: <laughs> right so okay anyway, so anyway
0: yeah what what is looking, your example well, i was
1: looking at my examples are Ooh. uh mostly Gillian flynn novels so sharp okay. objects and um oh god what's the other one so the Gon, one that was made into the movie gone, gone girl. girl yeah, yeah. So Gone Girl was made into a movie and Sharp Objects was made into an HBO series. Right. And I, I have not I seen the watched. series
0: yet. Okay.
1: Oh. I it's on my. It.
0: it's in my queue. I'm super like I love Amy Adams and it. everything I've heard of it sounded awesome.
1: They did they did a great job and that was one of the rare instances where I saw the media before I read the book. Right. And I felt like they did a fantastic job in capturing it but I think that's the case because they were allowed the time to have for yeah. character development for story development for a little bit of potential you know artistic divergence or creativity right. on the adaptation piece where you you don't have that time on your side when you're trying to fit it into a two hour movie a two and a half hour movie I mean I feel like all movies now are like way too long and I'm kind of sick of it personally. Right. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? So like to our point of the character development and, and, and this whole adaptation thing, I am in, I am, I am a fan of the books being turned into series more than I am a fan of books being turned into movies. There. I said it.
0: I think so. I'm already on your side. I can only think of. So, I haven't read The Handmaid's Tale yet, so I'm not comfortable mm-hmm. watching the series just because, like, okay. it would be. It's going to be so obvious. Like, it's there's it's so obvious there are huge spoilers and like yeah. huge twists, and I don't want to spoil that. And then
1: yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't. the The book is it's a quick read. I mean, it it didn't. It'll take you not, I mean, three four hours if you just sit down and read it. And it's it's 100 worth it to read that book it's it's very very well written by margaret atwood
0: okay awesome um and then i've seen all of the tv series of the leftovers but apparently oh, love it. it was only based the, the season one is the book and then season mm-hmm. two and three are like the showrunners idea of what Would happen, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, that is exactly what I want to happen with with a piece of media that I like. Is that intelligent people take Mm -hmm. it and get and like let it organically turn Mm -hmm. into something else. And I think that's the whole issue with why everyone was upset with Game of Thrones is because like Uh you can't adapt 400 pages for the first novel right into you know 10 hours like yes you could read you might be able to read it in that amount of time but that's not gonna you can't do that and then later when it's like he's churning out like 9 10 1100 page books like you can't turn that into 7 hours 12 hours no not to mention just like you're Uh, trying to keep the audience abreast of the situation, but there's like seven storylines and you're not supposed to see certain people's faces or like they use specific names, but you don't know it's Theon. (laughs) So it's just like, okay. Right. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think I love that you brought up the leftover series because it is seriously one of my favorites. And I, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know i watched the series before i read the book so i need to read the book but you're right yeah i haven't
0: think... read it either and i don't know I... like dang it i don't know
1: what are we doing God. with our lives well i Get didn't
0: it. i didn't know so in my defense i did uh i watched the, the tv show longmire which is about like a i don't uh-huh. know
2: if
0: he's in yeah is he in wyoming He's in one of the northwest states that I'm like, that's all the same, right? Because they film it in one place. <laughs> say it's Canada or vice versa. But it's like he's a he's a sheriff and he's got to solve a mystery. And it was, you know, but then it's it, it's one of those things where it's just like they take the the framework and then they develop it the way that TV can by, like, endearing you to the characters and by, you know, like, showing more humanity. And I think that's the whole thing which I think is a good pretty good segue into like how how well did these films develop the characters that the books mm-hmm. so painstakingly did like did. you might not like these people if you met them in real life but you like them as characters like wade watts right. doesn't have much of a personality but like you can you're on his side in the book like he you know he's just trying yeah. to he's trying to make it you know
1: yeah, well, I mean do we wanna start with I guess Ready Player One and talking about that? I feel like we should start with that one because Ready Player One is its own entity, right? It is one book right, right. now. It is one book and one movie. Whereas right. the the series, like you've everybody most people have either read or seen Angels and Demons or the Da Vinci Code or whatever. So you have an idea of who Robert Langdon is, so I feel like they can cut some corners on character development in Inferno the movie whereas you you can't really do that in Ready Player One so much so it will be interesting to see when Ready Player Two comes out how that right that all you know works but
0: I just assume it'll be a prequel they're just like what are we just going to make it early stuff
1: I don't know we were in my household we were talking about that the other day because we're pretty big fans of the book yeah what going to be a prequel or it's going to be you know after the fact where wade has control of the oasis and maybe he shuts it down or they find more things that james halliday left for them anyway that's that's a that's another thing
0: but interesting conjecture
1: yeah yeah so uh, i don't know are what what are we trying to solve here are we trying to solve the re-watch, re, re re-readability well
0: kind of- s- let's start with the characters. We'll do. So which one do you think did a better job of taking a character from the book
1: mm-hmm. and
0: adapting it and making it the same character on film?
1: Oh gosh. Um, so can I, can I make a quick confession? Just like, yeah. Confession time. I 100% fell asleep during ready player one, the movie, um, totally fell asleep which i was i was like mad from minute one that it was so different from the book that i i kind of shut down a little bit emotionally and mentally i just i i sort of was like uh uh, this is this is tough for me i think it's because the
0: the first scene we see is like oh this is awesome like everything is really cool in the future, everybody has video games, oh, and God. everybody like gets around by using like zip lines and fire poles. Like, the future right. is great. And it's like, oh no, he has an alcoholic uncle. You're like, or don't and, we
1: all? <laughs>
0: and like, but it was like the somebody's boyfriend. It's just like mm-hmm. they don't need to fabricate conflict. It like it already exists. Like you, it should be. Mm -hmm. And another thing was like, he never went to school. So it's just that kind of confused me too. It's just like, cause he already has the, like he has a baby face, but he didn't Mm -hmm. look like a teenager. And I think that was an issue was just like, cause he had been doing all the muscle stuff for Cyclops where it's just like, this kid isn't supposed to be like well nourished. And no. he was suppo- actually he was supposed to be kind of overweight for most yes. of it. Yes. And then like it's just so obviously like hey, do you guys remember Halo? You're like I don't think that's really fan service like as
2: <laughs> uh, and it's
0: then great. okay, so let's talk about uh let's just talk about the characters. So, do you think they did a good job with the TJ May- the TJ Miller character <laughs> which in the oh, book God was just like i guess they needed a villain that wasn't the villain in the movie because it's no one can quite understand one villain so we have to have two bad guys like that boggled my mind why they did that
1: yeah i again i think that's literally part of my brain was just like what the hell is happening here and why do i care about this character, and does this even make sense? I don't know if it does. I feel weird about all of this, so I don't... I'm, I'm trying to, like, come up with an example where I'm like, yeah, you know, that character really, really encompassed what I had imagined from the book, and uh, I, I guess maybe Sorrento, um, maybe him, because... As an actor, and I can't remember that actor's name. Um, I could look it up, but he plays the black sheep brother in that TV show Bloodlines.
0: Is it but Ben I
1: hated him?
0: Ben Mendelssohn. Or I mean, Mark sure. Re, or Mark Relance. Those are the two names I don't no, immediately no. recognize.
1: Okay. It's 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 Ben Mendelson. So if you haven't seen the TV show Bloodlines it, it's a pretty good show. Anyway, he is the Black Sheep brother. He's always messing everything up and, like, into drugs, whatever, whatever. So I hated him in Bloodlines. So I felt like the casting for him in as Sorrento yeah. made, made me immediately hate him. Yeah, he's a so huge like,
0: douche. You could tell.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, I hate this guy so much. So that, I guess, to me, made sense, but yeah. not... Not necessarily because of the book adaptation to the movie, but more that I have a visceral reaction to him as an actor.
0: So we'll give that credit. <laughs> we'll give that credit to Steven Spielberg for good casting.
1: <laughs> good job, Spielberg. Proud of you, buddy. Plus, I I do really love um, Lena Waithe. Uh, I can't remember.
2: Yeah, H. Uh,
1: yeah, she she is amazing, and I think she is awesome in everything she does. Um, I didn't really love the whole Dido and show. I felt like something was missing there because maybe they didn't get enough screen time or character development time. But well, they, some, something was lacking for me.
0: I think two of the things that I found problematic. One was that there they just turned them into like quirky kid quote guy where they're just like, w- yeah. what I'm 11, get over it. And then mm-hmm. the second thing is that they took one of the characters who they're both supposed to be Japanese because so much of uh, like the eighties content that Halliday consumed was like video games and then like anime and the connection between like Japanese culture and American culture back then like was so fluid, um, and mm-hmm. they just turned the younger of the two characters into a Chinese boy so that they could market it yeah. better. They're just like, hey, look, we uh-huh. got a we got a we got a ninja over here, and this guy's Asian, but he's Chinese, so we could sell this in China. And they're like, cool, 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 mm-hmm. cool, and it worked because mm-hmm. uh, according to some stats, they made this is an unprecedented number it grossed 582 million dollars
2: <laughs> oh my that's
0: so much money it was released in uh, 4DX I don't know what that is IMAX 3D and Real D 3D oh,
1: okay what is Real D 3D that sounds sexual
0: yeah it's the it's the third dimension um and it's mm,
1: very it's, cool.
0: It's very real. So I think that that frustrated me, and then um, just the whole like, hey, our our lead character is attracted to this girl he he's never met, and then when he meets her,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's like, oh, she has this huge facial scar. You're like hey, what? It's like at one yeah, scene, that... they just oh, forgot. Sorry, go ahead the the makeup people just forgot to put her face like as <laughs> as the port wine the um Gorbachev thing they forgot to put that on there they're just like it's just a regular face <laughs> you're like yeah all right <clears throat> yeah
1: that that whole that whole budding romance relationship thing was kind of problematic in the movie. It wasn't as much in the book because you had that time again to develop a sense of respect for intellect or the character or whatever. But in the movie it was just like, uh hey, I I think you're cool and I love you and you're like, uh hey guy, slow your roll.
0: Right. I think both of them did a good job of like the they had the the female lead be like, slow your roll, I think that was good. In in the book, you kind of understand that he's, like, misinterpreting, like, infatuation for affection, and I think they do a good mm-hmm. job of, like, doing that, and then she shuts him down, and they, like, legitimately don't see each other for, like, a year. And you're like, right. okay, that makes perfect sense. They're both, like, right. trying to, like, actually get the goal, and they have legitimately, like, different, I, like, priorities. They have different priorities, and you can tell right. they're different people. And in the movie she's just like, Hey, I'm leading a revolution. You're like, What in the hell are you talking about? Why why do you have a tent up inside? That does that's not how tents or inside works. That doesn't make any sense.
1: I am confused by you. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I guess really maybe maybe the real question is which character in the movie was best? Represented from the book or, or ad- adapted from the book and I th- instead of like overall.
0: Yeah, but... I think we're, um, it's important to point out that there should be a lot like two of th- Sienna from Inferno should be bald, full stop. She's mm. not bald, mm. I'm irate, and then everyone should I be, am mad and everyone should be bald in Ready Player One. Everyone. <laughs> And they don't... So, dang it. Yeah. That's...
1: I think we've we messed up our, our our system here. It's like, bald to not bald. Yeah. Did they get it right?
0: They didn't. And that's the thing is, they that would it. that would be a tie. And that's not what we want. We want a winner here. We want a clear winner. And I don't think... The, the only character I thought they did a good job of describing in Ready Player One would be, like, H. Um the Mm -hmm. Lena Waithe character Mm -hmm. because uh, they do a good job. Like she is the sidekick and I Mm -hmm. think she's uh, does a great job of that in both Um, where she sort, she's sort of like, uh, you know, Wade's wingman, but she's also like ribs him and like, you know, teases him and then like helps him out and they're friends And I think they do a good job with that. That being said, like it is legitimately just like, Hey, look, I'm best friends with a like person of color. Who's also gay. That, that means I'm the best white person. (laughs) Like that's why I should win. You're like,
1: I I win the trophy. No, you don't.
0: I legitimately was upset with the twist because I thought the twist was going to be H this whole time was Halliday, And like, I thought it was gonna be like he he knew who Wade was and he wanted him to win and then by the end they're like, Oh crap, we don't have any people of color or any like you know, queer representation. What if we do two in one and it's his best friend and it's a throwaway and he keeps calling him he. You're like, wait, what? So just because Ooh. it made so much sense for H to be Halliday and then they're like mm, what if it doesn't make any sense and you're like oh i see that
1: oh, also so like you, what is that? I see what there.
0: How, how old I it was,
1: I is it was lena Wade? what's his face oh she's in her 40s right <laughs> i think or late 30s or 40s yeah because I mean, she,
0: she was she like, was in master of none so she's at least like yeah. as old or close to aziz ansari yeah
1: she's Late thirties, to yeah. early forties. I'm, I'm gonna say. I yeah. she's not like Betty White old or, or anything <laughs> like that. But she's, it, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought H was going to be. What was Sorrento? the rich kid in? You no, know, the um, Wade's best friend, who he he ended up uh, like fighting against the the rich one who was inviting him to his basement. That's,
0: that
1: sounded that's
0: weird. That's H. Was
1: it? Yeah. God, it's been a minute since I've read this book. Yeah, that's so that
0: that's why I thought like H was gonna be Halliday because he had all this money and he never seemed to go to school, but he spent all his time right. playing video games. I'm like, that makes sense. That's right, what okay. that's what he would do. I thought like he left himself as an AI and he turned into mm-hmm. that. And that would be like the ultimate yeah. test is like i've known you the whole time and you're a good person so you should run it but it's like they're like nope actually it's a it's a person with a van you're like oh, all right that makes oh, sense. cool let like a
1: Darth vader moment like oh hey i'm your dad yeah Wait, what let's tie oh, it together yeah.
0: tie it together no uh oh, she was your sister it was just a kiss for good luck you're like classic i love that stuff <laughs> nice um, so
1: let's... incest is best. <laughs> nope, sorry, I didn't we're say that.
0: Right back to Game of Thrones. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> so, so I guess we're giving this point to Inferno, right? Characters. I
1: mean, by default, because they did not have to spend a ton of time developing Robert Langdon's character. You already know him. It's Tommy Hanks. He's your buddy. Yeah, you love him doesn't matter he can do no wrong sienna for some inexplicable reason was neither bald nor blonde yeah uh, infuriating angered me yeah so like what is even the point there right so dumb it would have been cool as hell to see people with alopecia represented in a movie
0: like especially like felicity jones like i mean it worked the the last thing natalie portman did after she got her head buzzed was like she got her head buzzed for v for vendetta and then was on saturday night live and then i'm pretty sure went right into like black swan like Mm -hmm. felicity jones like did this and then at some point did rogue one which i'm sure infuriated a lot of star wars boys because they're like you're not han solo they're like that's not what this (laughs) is supposed to be (laughs) And, and I think she's done a couple of things after that. But it's just like, she's pretty enough to, you know, go full bald. Just, like, commit to it. People support you.
1: Like, anybody is pretty enough to go full bald. That, that's not, I'm not pretty enough
0: even... to go full bald. I've seen my I'm head.
1: I'm not either. Come on. You just you said anybody care.
0: is. <laughs> okay.
1: Shut up. I you mean, mean like movie
0: stars. <laughs>
1: literal movie stars. who yeah. are like, um... Fucking drop dead gorgeous at any point in time. Right. You can put on a bald cap and have a wig because part of me reading the book was super pumped to see Tom Hanks in a blonde wig (laughs) trying to. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. You're right. where, Where is my Tom Hanks in a blonde wig moment? Like, I am owed that as an American citizen and a supporter of Tom Hanks and everything he does. Where is my moment? And
0: I could see him, like, just being like, yeah, that seems like... Because you know he read some of the book, so he'd be like, yeah, I could do that. That makes sense. Cause... I wish I
1: could do a, a Tom Hanks impression. I, I don't think I can. I haven't practiced it. And it would be uh... really terrible if I tried, because it would just sound like Kermit the Frog. But... Yeah,
0: because you know he has to be a little bit deeper and optimistic, and that's a hard line to, like, thread.
1: Right. You, like, you can't you imagine him on set being like, hey, guys, where's, where's my blonde wig? And they're like literally what are you talking about tom like you're just walking down this street he's like no i'm prepared for the bald or my blonde wig yeah where is it he's
0: like, he's like i've i've buzzed my head to commit to this <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay well we're four months behind that's great <laughs> good,
1: good job well but i mean that's another whole discussion about robert langdon and tom hanks and his flowing locks like that was a whole thing i don't know if you remember that when um, the, the Da Vinci Code came out and everyone was like, whoa, what's up with Tom Hanks' hair? He's got like this gorgeous, full head of delicious hair. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. I,
0: I appreciated that they committed to the bit with the Mickey Mouse watch. They definitely...
1: Oh, loved it.
0: Now, in the uh, so do you feel comfortable that um, at no point was Sienna Brooks' physically attracted to tom hanks now i know i did a character's name yeah. and an actor's name and i think that's important because in the book <laughs> robert langdon is like six foot two like broad shouldered mm-hmm. he's never like they don't describe him as attractive but they're like you know if you're into the the professor vibe he's you're you're gonna rate him you're gonna give him a hot pepper on RateMyProfessor.com. Is what the implication oh, is. So
1: <laughs> no, you're, you're going to give him an A+. Plus because, please, stick with the theme. Come on. No. We're talking professor. Don't we're talking grades. Wait, didn't you, do,
0: didn't you ever do RateMyProfessor.com? You could give them a hot pepper if they were very attractive.
1: RateMyProfessor.com.
0: Okay, so I guess one year what? after you graduated college, they... We're using RateMyProfessor.com because this isn't like, this isn't me trying to explain like how YouTube works to my mom, okay? This like, we're we're similar in age. You should have, you should have known what this was.
1: Okay, I remember Hot or Not, and that was...
0: That is not, no, those are not, this is not what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) Rate My Professor, I mean, I would sit in class and be like like nudging my you know classmate in college and be like hey isn't professor such and so hot and they'd be like please stop talking to me i think we're not weird. friends
0: <laughs> yeah, like,
1: and i'd be like oh okay you don't stalk him me either bye yeah you, you get good grades classic no
0: no this was anyway, on the internet yes. okay so i'm okay. getting. i've this is my fault i just assumed everyone knew about the hot peppers anyway um so see <laughs> But they decide to do like this weird thing in the movie with the romance, and so
2: I know, yes, I, inten- talk about this. I
0: intentionally went onto IMDb to see if that actress was in the other two movies that had already happened. No, they just like put this in here where it's like this is a romance that Robert Langdon has to become a ship in the night with this woman, like they're ne- so never the twain funny. shall meet, and I was blown it's away.
1: <laughs> Unrequited love out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. But I guess because they're both intellectuals in their field that you would just assume that their paths have crossed before and they've definitely touched each other in an elevator. Yeah. That they can't they can't continue that to other places. Right. I just definitely only second base.
0: For him or for her, that's the thing. And I was confused as to, like, I just, because it was, like, part of their history, I thought it would have been mentioned in one of the other movies, but it wasn't? And this was the last movie of the trilogy. It was a real curveball for me.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't even, it wasn't in the book because they, like, did a flip-flop thing? Yeah. Because... Siski, I always want to call her Sinksy and I know that's not her name, and it, right. I, I have a mental block. She, she's supposed to be, like, in her 70s, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: he's not. Not, right. not being ageist or anything, but that was never even a thing. So why, right. like, is that just part of the Robert Langdon lore that he's just such a hot boy that he has to have some sort of Kind of love interest to keep the middle aged women moist for him? I'm, I mean, y-
0: yes, full stop. Because, like, we have to be part of the movie, and I think the perfect, like, you know, audience member, like, is the leader of the WHO. So, like, you know, we're all like, mm-hmm. oh, we're just like her. We can see, we're also in love with. Um, Tommy Hanks,
1: right. you know? Mm-hmm.
0: So like, that was the easiest yeah, person to latch on to.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess I, it just feels a little weird for me because it's like, why, I don't know. Like, why are all these middle-aged men supposed to be hot boys? Like, why, right. why is that even? I think, I thing? think
0: that's why I was so confused in the book when they're like, oh yeah. And they're like, it's never going to work. I'm like, of course it's not gonna work like <laughs> yes I'm bald you just know they keep mentioning how attractive she is they're just like constantly they're like they're like look at this hot blonde you could tell she's bald but no one cares and then they're just like she's
1: got a ponytail and, and an attitude
0: and he's usually wearing like you know tweed a mickey mouse watch. <laughs> yeah tweed and a mickey mouse watch but now that he's changed into these this Italian suit, everyone wants to grab his butt. You're like, what's going on? Even the pregnant lady's like, this guy's got it going on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's like, hey, by the way. Oh, uh, in Italian. I don't know how to say this in Italian. No, she speaks in English. I know, but, like, she would be so wrapped up in emotion and literal lust
2: that
1: she she would be like, Roberto my baby i'm naming it after you because yeah. i can't not dream about your hot hair and yeah <laughs> eidetic memory at night <laughs> please let me name my baby after you
0: and he's like okay that's fine uh have we met before like, cool. <laughs> have we <laughs> yes. met before what? but see that's the thing about italians they're just so passionate you know it's not their fault that's why they that's why they uh Venice is all full of water. Everybody just likes they can't walk around. They gotta go by boats. Makes sense.
1: Um sure, I'll give you that one.
0: I'll take it. Moving on. so, um,
1: so hey, <laughs> hey buddy. Have we have, have we solved it? Did we solve the rewatch reread oh no, we're on the character thing. Yeah. Let's I've go to forgotten. let's go
0: to rewatch now. So you have watched uh one and a half of these movies. Which one would you re watch?
1: <laughs> I Oh god. I feel bad saying this because also of course I read a lot of reviews and articles and opinion pieces about these movies and if people liked them and didn't blah blah blah. I I don't know if I read I don't know if I read Ready Player 1 too voraciously and was too involved with it and watched the movie too soon after reading the book that it just felt wrong to me. But I kind of did the same thing with Inferno. But, but again, I think to me it falls back on the whole premise of I already feel so comfortable with Tom Hanks as Robert Langdon and I know what I'm being set up for in a Dan Brown interpretation movie directed by Ron Howard that I I could re-watch Inferno because I could probably pick up on stuff A little bit more and of course you're in these beautiful locations you know like the uh, Hagia Sophia and all of these other you know like rich visual places that I could enjoy that again I think I just got so angry at Ready Player One for being so different from the book that I don't know if I could rewatch it again Mike like it is free streaming right now and I did pay to watch Ready Player One Oof. I know. It's don't like to hear that. It's free now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we rented it on Donovan's voodoo account, so technically Perfect. I didn't pay for it, but whatever. Even better. Uh, right? That idiot. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's sitting, no. like,
0: right there. He's like, <laughs> I, <laughs> why did you say sorry after you said you that idiot? What are you talking no. about?
1: No, he's a sweet boy. He just, like, weirdly snuck in and handed me another glass of wine. It was very oh, nice.
0: that is very nice.
1: Uh, but, no, like... I I think I, I think I have to stick to my guns here and say I would rewatch Inferno. <sighs> I don't know that I could re watch Ready Player One without getting angry and like knowing that I'm gonna get into it angry. Maybe if there was like a ready player one drinking game watch the movie and make fun of some of the stuff. I could do that. That makes sense. I just have to, would like, right, like, reframe my point of entry into watching that movie again. What about you? What do you think?
0: I am uh, very much in that mindset because I think, even though. So I watched. I, I did the book on tape for um, Ready Player One because I hadn't read or watched either of these movies when you suggested it. So, I'm like, I don't think I can read 700 pages in the amount of time allotted. So, I listened to Ready Player One, and it was probably like 13 hours of content because, like, it was so it was read by Will Wheaton, who is mentioned in the book, which I thought was a fun twist. Right. Who was yeah, player, he, yes. he belongs to the 80s as a character because he's in Stand By Me, et etc. Et but, um, I felt so much more invested in like that than when the move, what the movie presented was so different um, that I was frustrated with it. And I didn't think the the book was perfect because I just on sort of like when it's presented to me, I don't like uh young adult books. Like I can count on like mm. one hand, how many young adult books I would want to reread. And that's not the author's fault. All of the
1: Twilight series.
0: They did not write them for me. They told me by where it was in Barnes & Noble that it's not for me. And if I wanted to check it out, that's fine. But if I wanted to critique it, they'd be like, well, that's fine. We didn't write it for you. And then they would say, old man. And I'm like, you're older than me, Ernst Klein." And he's like, yeah, but I'm richer than you. And then he'd slap me. Um,
1: yeah, you would. But didn't the didn't the subject matter change that for you a little bit, like the nostalgia piece or YouTube? That's the thing. I can't remember how old you are right now. But I, I'm U I minus.
0: Like... I'm U minus one. And so, it? yeah, I really liked uh, all of like that stuff. And I just heard, like, I listened to another podcast where they talked about Zork. And I had never played it, but I knew what text adventures were, and I had been very frustrated by them. And mm. But it was, like, really interesting to find all this stuff out, and, like, I knew a lot of the movies, I knew a lot of the music. What I didn't like is, like, listening to Will Wheaton, like, verbally describe two people, two young people flirting Mm. over instant messenger that did not bode well for me that was physically uncomfortable and Mm. um that wasn't great and that's like that's some of this book is you know
1: so it was was it was it simply was it the subject matter or was it more that you had to hear a grown man trying to do that and you're
0: i don't like when
1: to it in your ears
0: i don't like when children flirt it makes me physically uncomfortable Because I was one of those children at one point, and I was very bad at it, because... Wait, what? (laughs) You know when children flirt with each other, (laughs) and it's awkward?
1: (laughs) Okay, this is... I don't don't know if this is some kind of, like, trigger warning thing that we need to, like, throw out there, but we're talking about children flirting. Yeah. Like, with other children, though? Yeah.
0: When you're, like, 17, and you're like, hey, you're cute, and they're like, shut up, and you're like, oh, this didn't go well, or you're like, hey, do you do you like no. movies? And they're like, yeah, I love movies. They're like, can we, can we date now, please? <laughs>
1: um, I don't think anyone, that's... anyone ever flirted with me, so I have like zero point of reference.
0: Okay. So it's, it's exactly like how this book describes where they're like, Hey, just, what about, <laughs> what about that? I C- have a
1: face. What about
0: that <laughs> CD? They're like, ah, oh, CDs, those are cool. And you're like, okay, cool. What if we just yeah. talk about the same thing over and over again? like oh man i don't want to do that they're like what if we write a book about it and make Will Wheaton read it and and then I'll listen to it that's why i didn't like it but the things okay. i did like didn't really show up in in the film adaptation like they didn't the only time they bring up Monty Python is like the reference to the holy hand grenade and i think it misses the whole thing with like yeah that that was that was the the second part of the final gate. Was he had to do, like he had to know word for word Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Right. Otherwise, he wouldn't win a trillion dollars. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, but does do people our age minus I don't know four okay know Monty Python know who that is would that resonate with them is it even worth I, it so it's, it's i one know of those that where i think
0: i know that terry gilliam is very much still in the zeitgeist so i think okay people would find it that way but
1: okay true true but in a movie like this where it feels like it's being Adapted purely for visualization, right? With with some nostalgia, is that really the point that that you're really trying to get across to someone? Is that like, hey, uh, do you guys know about Monty Python? Because if you don't, you're an idiot. And then even if you don't, you're never gonna know to Google this specific thing and learn about Monty Python unless you have. Cool ass older siblings or parents who talk to you about it or you've seen it. Fair. Or you that's are that age. That
0: makes sense. That makes sense, except for the fact that, like, one of the puzzles they have to solve is in the Overlook Hotel. So it's like the presumption is that they haven't okay. watched Monty Python, but they have watched the original Shining?
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, I, listen, I, I totally am with you. Like, I get it. But I think people have such a limited well that's that's too broad. There is a limited scope of exposure to certain parts of pop culture right that if you're thinking about it from a funnel standpoint and you're thinking of a giant pop culture funnel right and you're thinking of all the things that everybody knows and the things that most people don't know, you know it, it yeah. Monty Python is probably somewhere in the middle, whereas The Shining gets talked about and referenced all the time.
0: A hundred percent agree. And,
1: and the Overlook Hotel is an actual place that you can actually go, that people actually go to and visit, and it's on like top ten lists of haunted places and attractions and yada yada yada. Monty Python stuff, most of it is just like, hey, we made this up, it's hilarious, the end
0: i agree except for the fact that they decided to make a movie that is based on a book that doesn't care about what like children are interested in (laughs) okay and then they're like hey do you guys remember the iron giant
1: (laughs) oh i love the iron giant it's such a good movie yeah but
0: you also remember like you know what dead man's party is so like the the book was written for you the movie was not written for you. That's mm-hmm. why. That's why like Halo Correct. and Chun Li and like Goro show up in it. It's not for like you. <laughs> it's for people who are like, oh yeah, <laughs> Halo. <laughs>
1: and Halo. <laughs> Five
0: hundred and eighty-five million dollars. The...
1: I know, but Steven Spielberg knows what he's up to. Behind that and all of that. It worked. That whole thing. It sure, worked. It did. It's beloved by many. It was adapted. I didn't love it. Case closed.
0: Alright. Um, <laughs> do you want to move on to the storyline?
1: Yes, let's do it. So... Why don't... Oh, go ahead. Uh,
0: just like, there were no... the I think that Ready Player One was streamlined. They took the same story and they crunched it into a... Two hour? How long was it?
1: Something like that. I don't
0: recall. Two hours and some change. I think they did a... They didn't change anything important. Except for, like, fun stuff. Mm. Where Inferno was, like, beat for beat the same stuff. They sort of fleshed out a couple more characters. They cut down one or two... Like of the puzzles he solved made them a little bit more, efi- more efficient, and then like drastically changed the ending.
1: One hundred percent, yes.
0: <laughs> so I don't know uh... which like which did a better job, because like I was so confused with how Dan Brown ended his novel. I'm just like I didn't see it coming and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because usually I like when authors commit to the bit and just like go Mm -hmm. weird with it and he Mm -hmm. went weird with it and then it ended and then there's a like another book and I'm like "Uh, okay (laughs) like it was so weird
1: yeah it was a little strange in how it ended and you're like well so Wait, is this is this an, an an actual thing? Yeah. And maybe that maybe that was his point. Yeah. Which I don't know. And that we could literally have another three hour podcast about right. talking specifically about the implications around right. overpopulation and his Zobrist, you know, uh, humanist stuff and blah 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 blah. But. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I am having a difficult time as a reader and a watcher. S- separating the two, and trying to view them in a silo and as standalones, and then come back together and figure out which one told a more effective, compelling story. So right. again to harken back to your point about, is this a full retelling of the book or is it a a loose blueprint? And then you kind of like take an idea and just kind of like run with it. Um, Yeah, that's, it's tough. It's tough.
0: So I'm going to give it to ready player one specifically because the way that Ron Howard decides to change the storyline is such that like instead of one thing happening he's like what if we get like a special sleeper cell of muslims to give the main the main bad guy some c4 so she becomes like a human bomb i'm like huh that's (laughs) what a weird take (laughs) just just like like, because in the book she like goes and talks to like a guy in italy who has a private jet like that's the sleeper cell is that right. like it's an italian like uh fashion designer who has a fe- like a special jet that she can use to get right, to
1: because he's part of the
0: the zobras movement
1: yeah the transhumanist or whatever they're yeah. called i can't even remember thing. which
0: which is different than when she goes and she's already in istanbul and she's like mm-hmm. hey school teacher. Can you get me some C4 so I can blow everybody up? I'm like, oh, God.
1: (laughs) I was so confused. I was like, wait, does she already know these people? Is it because they're supposed to be connected to Zobris? I don't know. I kind of tuned out a little bit. And then
0: I was also frustrated because I've seen the movie Rush Hour, and C4 should blow Mm -hmm. up way more than it did in the movie.
1: Yeah. Just the blow up. Yeah, it was a little under... I've also seen... I've seen C4 blow up in person. Okay,
0: all right. I <laughs> brag. All right. We all right, all, all right. Relax. We're all, we're all cool, we but we can't all be that cool. I get it.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. but But, no, you're right. Like, when that stuff blew up underwater, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. And it was like, oh, cool, you kind of, like, got caught in a little bit of a weird two foot of water undertow for 20 seconds and there was some like blast effect I don't know what the word is but yeah underwhelming yes but but yes I think I think I agree with you in in the overall idea or whatever that ready player one Kind of did a better job because i feel like they focused ron howard and or not ron howard steven spielberg and team focused on the visuals and the the action and ran with that right. and that's going to be an exciting movie right it's going to be fast paced it's going to be a lot of energy a lot of really cool um lights and visuals and you're going to be excited and blah 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 blah, blah and you know uh, what's-his-face, Wade's hair, no, Parzival, his Thank hair you. is, like, always, sorry, his hair is always, like, blowing in the wind, which is, like, a really cool, like, kind of weirdly sexy effect, and yeah, I feel like they found the the source of the book, a, a source theme, and just, like, ran with it, whereas Inferno, you kind of already expect this whole like mystery solving thing with history and symbols so you're kind of like eh I'm here for the ride it's like a nice warm blanket I can just watch this right it's good I guess
0: I think that's a good segue for our next one which one do you think was a better adaptation like which one do you think did a better job of being a movie that was based on a book
1: hmm ah oh, man I think... Oh, man. I feel like, in my heart... In my heart... <laughs> that the, the, the Dan Brown novels... That came before... The movie adaptation, adaptations that came before... With um, Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons... They did such a good job... That, again, it was like... You know what, what you're expecting. Maybe it wasn't super great but it felt it felt normal or it felt like it should happen so i don't know mike like i don't i don't know if ready player 1 really really hit it for me I because th- i just i didn't like it very much so it's th- hard for me to
0: yeah that makes 100%, I, I'm a hundred. I'm I'm in agreement with you because I think what I wanted, even though they decided to do different things, so like with the Overlook thing where it's like, oh, it's a movie and you have to be in the movie, like okay, I could I could see that because, but like I was interested to see how he was gonna how they were going to adapt him playing mm-hmm. Joust or him playing Pac yeah. Pac Man for four hours. Or him playing Tempest, which is apparently is a very boring game. Like, they didn't do <laughs> any of the adaptations I wanted to see. They're just like, what if we do, a like, a Mario Kart-style race, but there's a dinosaur, and it's not Yoshi? Right. And I'm like, I don't want to see... Th- like, that's boring. Like, I've seen this before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then yeah. the way he solved the puzzles weren't wasn't interesting, and the, like the whole thing with all of the guys running to the VR suits wasn't interesting. Like, they, right. they had so many opportunities to adapt things that were already interesting and I just wanted to see them and how it was going to play out on screen. And it seemed like they didn't when they weren't in the VR world they didn't have a budget. And it was Ooh, like yeah. it it just fell apart. Like the whole like golden egg thing and then he was in his room for the ending, and right. I'm like, "That's not that doesn't make sense." That
1: doesn't, yeah, that feels weird. Or yeah, yeah, I think I agree with you. Like, there were certain parts that I feel like they did a really great job with visually. Like, I loved how they represented the stacks. I thought they did a great job with that, and then like sort of his lair and how he got there. But right, but, but yeah, you're right. It it's, it feels like they left a lot on the table that could have been really easily. Represented visually and impactful but it just kind of didn't happen for some reason and i'm not sure why
0: i think it's just a lack of imagination like i think the book provided a lot of mm-hmm. like
1: it was a lot of rich context yeah. yeah
0: and i think that um ron howard did a really good job of adapting like they showed you the art like you got to see mm-hmm. the map of hell, and they played right. it out, and then I thought they did a really good job with how like fucked up some of the um like Robert Langdon's uh amnesia memories, like his mm-hmm. visions, like the whole like so both yeah. of these movies had like a giant blood flood, and um that was weird. That's a weird connection mm-hmm. you'd think you'd make, it but is. just like I thought they did a really good job visually of like showing the paranoia and the like the freakishness of these images that are going through his head and um but it also seemed like they did a bad job of capturing crowds like this movie they didn't it felt at times claustrophobic and like and like a very much on a set and yeah that you know i don't know how you film like you're it's it's like when you found out that they shut down Chicago for like a hot minute to film a scene in Batman you're like oh that's I didn't expect that but like you didn't get any of those stories from this because they like just you know they did a drone shot and then the rest was done in studio like they didn't go to the Hagia Sophia Mm. they didn't go to all these other places it seems like because it doesn't feel real but it's definitely more I think they did a good job with they showed a lot of the art that they talked about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I um, now I'm thinking maybe it's because... Maybe it's just the simple fact that within Inferno, you know you're going to be jumping around from historical place yeah. to historical place, and it's all set within one time frame, and you don't have to worry about bouncing back and forth between, essentially, two realities. right. Where it's such a visual juxtaposition between Wade's real world right. and the oasis, so that that would be, I guess, as a, I'm not a filmmaker,
0: <laughs> not yet.
1: Spoiler alert. <laughs> 2020. Who knows? <laughs> yes, with the uh, month and a half we have left, um, but yeah, I, I, I guess maybe that's part of it. Is like the trying to interpret multiple worlds within one film and make them both rich and in you know exciting and you know visceral where where you don't really have to do that with Inferno that you know you expect that you're going to be inundated with um, artistic visuals and all of these crazy places from Istanbul to Venice you know, Florence and you know all the places in Italy and all this kind of stuff maybe maybe that's part
0: of it yeah i think yeah because the, they do a good job of being like here's a beautiful place here's mm-hmm. another beautiful place and the, like meanwhile you're following someone who's it it makes sense that he's able to connect the dots because you know that mm-hmm. he's a genius and she's also right. a genius sienna's also a genius and so like that's sort of like that's one of, it's like their genius is sort of like a plot device where it just moves us forward. And you're like, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not a stretch of the imagination where whenever anybody solved anything in ready player one, they're like, "It, it you got to listen to what he says again. Mm-hmm. You're like, presumably you've already done that for 14 months in a row, but all of a <laughs> sudden it right. dawns on you. We're like, the reason it's dawning on Robert Langdon is because he has had amnesia that he thought was caused by a gunshot like so it it makes sense that it's taking him a while to solve a riddle (laughs) like (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah. no uh, yeah but (sighs) okay so the the consensus is that we think (laughs) yeah okay the adaptation goes to
0: we're going with Inferno on this one good so i think so from from my stats it looks like inferno is the better adaptation Mm -hmm. of a book to a movie book right and we haven't got it we
1: talk about which
0: go ahead no i was
1: gonna say did we talk about which book we think was better
0: we did not no that wasn't addressed Mm -hmm. we didn't even mention which movie was better but it's kind of been hinted at so which which <laughs> book did you like better?
1: Um keeping keeping in um theme with your podcast comparing apples to oranges, I think it's difficult for me to choose a favorite. Yeah. Because they are different books and they are different subject matter and the writing style is different and you know what what we're dealing with uh from a thematic standpoint all that kind of stuff i i loved um i loved trying to find parallels between the two books and the two movies I, I had a really good time with that and i had to keep reminding myself that's not the point of the podcast
0: it absolutely um, is the well, whole, the I whole mean, point is, is you just keep saying sense, you but... can't compare apples to oranges you're like yeah you can they're both fruit you know like <laughs>
1: Well, sure. Like I'm looking at my nerd notes here in front of me, where you know we're 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 talking about why he chose in Ready Player One why he chose the name Parzival, mm-hmm. and in uh, Inferno when they're talking about Parsifal, the Wagner opera, and I'm like, right. is there a connection there? I don't know. So of course kind of there is. On your... Well, I guess, but. I I appreciated looking at these two works of literature mm-hmm. from the standpoint of I need to compare these two things together and try to broaden my understanding or curio- curiosity of the works on a different level, you know, or a different way of thinking about them. So which one did I like better? Mm, I liked probably the nostalgia and the happiness of ready player one more than i did inferno but i liked the depth of uh human human suffering and thoughts of the future and how we work as a society and the deep questions to ponder that inferno brought up that's
0: awesome I do want to bring up the fact that both of these books are a lead character who is entrenched in a specific kind of culture, solving the riddles of mm-hmm. someone who's also entrenched in that culture. And yes, thank you. So, like, they, this is a direct parallel, except one's like, oh, 80s, and the other's like, oh, 1780s, or 1680s, <laughs> like... So, yeah, and that's the thing is like it. They're both about solving riddles, and I think that's good. I I was frustrated by both of them because both of them seemed uh, they took the idea and sort of ran a little long with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that because Ready Player One, I like you said, it was more fun. However, mm-hmm. I enjoyed i didn't enjoy how both of them were sort of preachy like they both eventually just came out and said this is what the author believes is right and i'm like all right like mm-hmm. but i did enjoy how um uh inferno committed to it like they, they just went all yeah. out they're like hey, "No, no no happy ending except they kiss and i'm like <laughs> wait what like I was, I just kept expecting like something to like be like no, and they're like, and then he flew home in a hel- in an airplane and thought about something, <laughs> something stars. I'm like holy cow. Where in oh, Ready yeah, Player One, right. yeah. I'm like maybe he won't win. I'm like that that would be crazy. And then I'm like, oh no, never. Re- <laughs> Sorry, I forgot it was a young adult. That he's got to win. Like he's got to.
1: Yeah, he has. To. He literally has to.
0: Yeah. And the only hmm. person of import who died was like a side character to push the push everything forward, so
1: Was that Daito yeah. or Sho? I don't remember.
0: Shoto or lit, both of them. Shoto lives. Um, but he Shoto sac lives. he sacrifices his character to defeat the That's
1: Me- right. To defeat That's
0: the right. Mechagodzilla, right. but he loses and so um, Wade Bummer. turns into Ultraman to
1: defeat
0: mechagodzilla
1: mechagodzilla god so good
0: yeah mechagodzilla is great um i think that so that brings us to it we've decided that inferno is the better movie adaptation of a book uh yes we both recommend reading both of the books i think that's we're comfortable saying that not necessarily watching both of the movies um but what we will...
1: I would agree agree with you, yeah.
0: I think we do have some recommendations uh, for movies that have been turned into, or books that have been turned into movies, and we'll be back with that in just a minute. We are back, and we're ready with our recommendations of uh, books that have been adapted into movies. Um, Go ahead and check out both novelizations of Ready Player One and Inferno and then uh, here's some good movies that you should check out. Megan, do you want to start off?
1: Um, sure, I mean mine is not necessarily a movie uh, but it is a series and I believe it is running on HBO um, and it is Sharp Objects um, it's, it's one of those book to series adaptations where I'm going to say it. I don't even think you need to read the book. You could watch this series and fully appreciate the body of work that was put into it. And then you could go and read the book and still feel really fulfilled by the characters, the storyline, etc. cetera. That is my recommendation. Unless I find another one to add after Mike talks.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'm going to recommend no country for old men Uh, which was a very good book um, by Cormac McCarthy, which uh, I did some research after I read it. Actually, no, I think I saw the movie first because it's a Coen Brothers movie, and anything they make, I'll watch, and even Mm -hmm. though I will be disappointed occasionally, like, um, a, A Serious Man was not a movie I enjoyed, and I wasn't a huge fan of Lady Killers, but everything else was so good that I'm just like, I'll watch it. Like, if their names are on it, I I will check it out. And it was an amazing movie. I loved it. Like, Anton Sugar is very well done. Um, the whole uh, Llewellyn's character is awesome. Tommy Lee Jones knocks it out of the park as both an old man and as, uh, you know, he's a resident of a country where he's not allowed anymore. I think that's a great movie. Um, and then I read the book and I was blown away at like how almost perfectly it was adapted. And Cormac McCarthy always has this weird thing where he talks about like people carrying a torch and those are the good people. Mm-hmm. And that shows up a little bit in the movie, but it's like it's played out a lot more in the book because, you know, books are allowed to flesh stuff out. But I read uh, like a little history of the book movie and, or of the book rather, and he originally wrote it as a screenplay and he brought it to like a handful of studios and they're just like you can't make this into a movie, no one can make this into a movie and he's like, "Ah, mm-hmm. oh, shucks and he's like, so he he added like ten things and then he just turned it into a book and then the Coen brothers like, hey can we make this into a movie? He's like, god damn it, so <laughs> And, it, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about, like, modern westerns, you know, and uh, just, like, sort of that genre is dissolved. And I think that's a great movie. I recommend it. And I think it's a great book, so I recommend that, too.
1: Great. I have a lot of reading to do.
0: Yeah. Well, there's probably nothing else you're doing, right? Just... Pull-
1: yeah, literally nothing else.
0: Harsh judgment. That's not fair. Um, so... Megan, I'm so glad you were on the podcast today. Do you have anything you want to plug?
1: I, you know, I, I wish I did. Maybe in the future, I will have something to plug. I have nothing to plug other than uh, recommendations on the podcasts. Yeah, do it. And the, uh, and the the TV shows that I am currently watching. So I guess I could talk about those very briefly Um, for podcasts currently I am listening to Dr. Death Season 2 which if you didn't listen to Dr. Death Season 1 shame on you go listen to it immediately it's a wondery podcast it's incredible it's um, extremely scary from a oh shit could someone I know be in this situation with a, a negligent Doctor. Um so Doctor Death season two uh is amazing. Uh for all of you who are interested in a bunch of random different things and who enjoy learning about just what the world kind of has to offer, I would recommend uh the podcast Endless Thread. It is a WBUR production and it's all about uh different things that the hosts fine on uh reddit and if you're not <laughs> familiar with reddit go check that out also um if you're into cooking i would recommend the podcast home cooking uh by uh, uh nasim nozrat she's incredible they have a hilarious podcast and then i listen to a lot of very depressing sad uh true crime or kind of murder mystery stuff which I don't know that I need to plug here, but, um,
0: just do one of them then.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're like, Hey, Megan, cut, cut this off.
0: No, Uh... like if they're all depressing, (laughs) just pick one that way, you know, it's, (laughs) I've so the only one I I tried listening to, uh, serial killers, but it was so obvious that the hosts were reading off a script. I got mad, Mm -hmm. like, which is not fair. It's not fair. Like, they were just Mike. they did good research they were just reading the research it's fine it's Mike. like an audiobook it's not my fault i just didn't if like
1: you, it if you need murder true crime podcast recommendations you need to talk to me okay let's just get that out of the way
0: this sounds like an uh, intervention <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it's not um currently uh tom brown's body is very good it's a text texas monthly production that one's really good and then unfinished believe it's season three uh it's about short creek uh which is part of the um uh lds is that right lds community anyway those are all great and then tv show quickly that i would recommend that i'm currently well multiple that i'm currently watching great british baking show is amazing and you'll have a great time and you're gonna feel good about yourself and everyone else and humanity which everyone needs right now because sometimes it's a little sad out there and and uh hbo the undoing with nicole kidman and hugh grant is uh really great uh having a really good time watching that so those are my recommendations i have no plugs from a personal standpoint because i'm boring i guess yeah aren't we all yeah i guess
0: i think that's what robert langdon taught us we're all very boring <laughs> And if, if you try hard <laughs> enough, very young women will kiss you. That's what he taught us. <laughs> He's just
1: like very young bald bald
0: women. women. There you go.
1: <laughs> rare forms of diseases are geniuses. Yeah. And child prodigies.
0: Yeah. Like if you have an IQ of 130, you're technically a genius. And I think she was in like the 200 area. So it's just like Oh. You can't have a conversation with her. She's just like what do you mean you listen to the internet <laughs> that's so lame I'm like <laughs> wait what no that's where all the content is what are you up to she's like uh yeah. being being a doctor and being very upset when i go to uh peru <laughs> <laughs>
1: man you you just sparked more recommendations within me which the I philippines
0: sorry she goes to the about. philippines
1: oh. <laughs> not peru <laughs> that's Windows
0: that's my bad
1: well if you're looking for a genius to follow uh let me recommend uh the vow on hbo also it's about uh nexium and that complete stupid is that how you say
0: it who is it what nexium yeah there were i didn't see any vowels in there
1: uh no there's not because the founder keith neary uh hates vowels has an IQ of 240
0: that's too which... that's too <laughs> high that's too high that means he doesn't understand that's iqs gross. that's so sad
1: god please watch it it's so dumb and Just... so bad Like, if you
0: just toss out, you're like, my IQ is 107. They're like, whoa. You're like, man, that's like literally average. That's like the most, like, 100 is the most average you can be. 107 is just barely more average than that.
1: Also, like. (laughs) Yeah, he's an idiot.
0: That's awesome. I don't know if I want to watch it because I'll just be bummed out. But I do like.
1: Oh, no, watch it.
0: It's it's very good. That's fair. (laughs) Strong argument okay i want you to
1: Watch I, it. i told you to do it
0: i want you to keep some recommendations for the next podcast we do so that you have Yes, I
1: know. so that okay.
0: because the thing i keep running into is that um my guests are confounded by the premise of my podcast and so they're like
2: well,
0: <laughs> they're like okay so what if we do these two things and i'm like well technically those are both like remain to comedies and they're like I don't think I understand the apples and oranges thing. I'm like, that's fine. Why don't you tell me one thing you like, and then I'll reverse engineer this? And they're like, hmm, that sounds confusing. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) that happens. Everybody, I'm with you. I have a billion ideas. I will be on your show whenever you would like to have me back.
0: All right. Well, uh, that sounds like January then. (laughs) I will see you in January. Awesome. (laughs) All right. This has been comparing apples to oranges. I'm Mike. I'm Megan. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. for listening to episode 56 of the podcast and I hope you liked it. We sure had a lot of fun making it. Man, that Oingo Boingo really slams. Is That what people say when music's good. Yeah, Danny Elfman does no wrong. So, got that blogger site up. It's got all of the former episodes if you want to check them out. That's the Got some goodies in the show notes for you today. Couple movie trailers a couple of things for you to check out on youtube any comments or ideas for future episodes of the podcast send it to on twitter it's at the the cato podcast all one word or email us at cato podcast gmail at gmail.com that's comparing apples to oranges c-a-t-o cato that intro outro Music Bed Music was the song Thumbs Up by the artist Leisure B. And if you liked him, go ahead and check him out and the rest of his stuff at humanworkshop.com. We'll see you in December. Bye!